Hello everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. I am your host, Ian Barrage, and uh, we skipped a week last week. Um, there was going to be a, a podcast, but uh, I decided just to push it back, uh, try and give myself a little mental reset. Um, I kind of decided that I'm either going to put these out every week or every other week, kind of just depending on topics. Um, I generally don't have enough material to talk about, I don't think, within one week if something sort of big doesn't happen. So I think that moving forward, either a week or every other week is kind of going to be the schedule. Um, I'm not going to try and force myself to talk about something every week uh, unless I just have something I really want to talk about or if I want to tell a story. After all, the podcast is called The Sound of My Own Voice. So if I'm not uh, enjoying listening to myself, then uh, what am I really doing? Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, as always, uh, you guys can find this podcast, uh, on all of your podcast services of choice, uh, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, as well as tune in. You can also go to the sound of my own voice podcast.com and listen, uh, directly via the website. If you so wish, um, if you like what you hear, uh, throughout the show, uh, don't forget to uh, hit subscribe on uh, whatever service you're listening on. Maybe give us a little comment, a little rating. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I accept all feedback, good, bad, whatever. Uh, I'm just happy that you're listening. And, uh, you know, if you if you think there's anything I can improve on, anything I can do better, or anything I'm doing great. Like I said, I love to know, love to hear your feedback. And, uh, you know, it also helps with that algorithm. also helps bump me up in the uh, in the old search engines. So... It's always helpful uh, if you do so, and I'd ever so appreciate it. Uh, this week we're got uh, kind of just one topic um, to talk about. Uh, I kind of had two, um, but I also just got off of my stream. I've been streaming back now over at uh, twitch.tv slash clickimb, um, where uh, I also have this podcast linked, so kind of doing a little cross uh, saturation, hopefully, uh, from the two audiences, but we'll we'll see how well that works out. Um, but yeah, I've been streaming a little bit more lately, um, and I just got done with my uh, stream, so I did want to get this podcast out uh, because I do actually have uh, what I think is a pretty interesting topic to talk about today. Um, but it's really only going to be one topic, and uh, one day I will eventually get to my review of a product uh, that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. Um, and I've finally just gotten to a point where I think I'll be able to do it uh, this week. I just finished off my first order and reordered another product. So um, I will probably end up doing that uh, once I've gotten the other versions of it in. I got a slightly different version, so I kind of want to wait until I have a, a kind of bigger depth, uh, a broader sort of understanding um, to really be able to make a definitive uh, review of said products um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today we are here to talk about um, something uh, it's kind of a lot of different things um, but the the main sort of thrust right now um, is this issue over uh, Bella Thorne and OnlyFans um, which uh, if you don't know um, uh, Bella Thorne is a uh, uh, used to be Disney Channel star turned um, sort of indie movie music sort of social media influencer type person. 
Um, she has a very big following. She is still very famous. She is still, uh, I believe, regularly acting and performing music, as well as being very active on various social media platforms. Um, and why we are talking uh, about her today in conjunction with OnlyFans, uh, which if you don't know what that is, um, it is a... Uh, um, a service platform um, mostly used uh, for either sex work um, or some sort of not safe for work uh, curated content uh, that is subscriber based so you pay uh, a monthly fee to get access to a feed of photos and videos and also interactions um, it's effectively like sex workers patreons um, patreon being obviously a, 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 a similar payment platform where you subscribe and get content um, for a fee every month um, but OnlyFans was primarily uh, based around um, uh, sex work and or uh, just not safe for work content uh, stuff that you wouldn't normally find on something like Instagram or um, even like Snapchat or something like that like it's a it's a, a slightly level above that um, and the reason that we're talking about them in conjunction uh, is because Bella Thorne, uh, like um, a lot of, I guess not really a lot of, but like some other uh, more famous um, social media influencers, people on YouTube and what have you, uh, opened up a OnlyFans account. And in 24 hours, she made $2 million, uh, which is a fucking mind-boggling amount of money um, to make in a lifetime, much less in a 24 hours. Uh, now, this wouldn't be what I would consider particularly groundbreaking um, if, you know, a celebrity who already has some modicum of fame um, but hasn't uh, gone out and, you know, done any sort of nudity or done any sort of um, sort of x-rated content uh, and then suddenly does and is charging for it I think the natural reaction uh, for me at least would be that's going to make a shitload of money uh, you know it's uh, uh, perhaps depending on your opinion an unfortunate sign of the times that that sort of stuff is commoditized um, but the reality of it is that it is um, and it's going to make a fuckload of money, right? Especially if it's someone who uh, hasn't uh, shown anything before or done any of this content before. Uh, the reason why it's particularly remarkable um, is for a couple of reasons. Um, some of these are, I don't believe, fully substantiated. Um, and OnlyFans has also come out against a couple of these claims to clarify things. Uh, but basically... Uh, after making this $2 million in 24 hours, uh, one of the ways in which she purportedly made this much money was by basically um, people were asking her, like, are you going to do real nudity? How much to get your actual real, like, naked photos? And she said $200 for naked photos. And there was one screen cap I saw that was like, well, how naked is naked? And, it, and the reply said, literally no clothes, full bare naked. Um, and this was contrary to a quote tweet that she did for the article that uh, sent out um, about her making $2 million uh, because she quote tweeted it and replied, LOL, and I'm not even doing nudes. And so 
there was a massive, uh, apparently, chargeback campaign where a bunch of people who had already uh, uh, paid this $200 through what uh, OnlyFans use, utilizes for that sort of content, which is a tip system, uh, which is essentially like, you have your content that you subscribe for, but I can, like, if I'm an OnlyFans creator, I can send a custom, uh, like, content to a specific person in exchange for what's considered a tip. Uh, so they lowered their tipping system uh, to have a maximum tip out of, I believe, 50 or or $100. I think there might be, like, a tier level where if you're a certain tier of, of creator on OnlyFans, you could do $100. Um, or no, it was... Tips were 50 and like live video sessions were 100. There's some sort of delineation between uh, what was 50 and what was 100. Um, and then additionally, they also at the same time changed the payout mechanism from being paid out every seven days uh, to being paid out every month, um, which is uh, basically like your employer saying, hey, remember when we used to pay you every week? We're only going to pay you once a month now, right? And that's with no forewarning, no sort of, you know, any sort of uh, notification or anything. It was just a change overnight. And so what happened is, is you have a lot of um, people who helped build the platform from the ground up, people who have been on the platform for a long time, uh, blaming Bella Thorne uh, and saying that they don't want her on the platform anymore because she basically came in here uh, with the intent to make a fuckload of money just based on her name um, and kind of really disrespectful to the sex workers whose total living and livelihood is made off of this um, and, uh, and and ruined it for them in a way, uh, one, because they're not getting paid as frequently, and two, because now if, you know, a, a person who, you know, maybe there's you know people in their community that are more well-off, that are more willing to pay, you know, several hundred dollars for a specific tip or several hundred dollars for a specific video session, now don't have the the ability to because it's you know restricted by uh, OnlyFans currently. Uh, there was even talks of you know people leaving the platform, going to a, a different new burgeoning sort of sex work platform as OnlyFans uh, becomes more quote unquote mainstream and more people start picking up on it. Um, which OnlyFans has come out and said that they were planning on doing these changes anyways. Um, it wasn't a direct result of Bella Thorne on the platform. Uh, another thing that kind of got her into hot, hot water was like her announcing that she was going to make a movie off of her experience with OnlyFans, like a sort of pseudo-documentary about the platform and what have you, which also rubbed people the wrong way because they felt like she was just joining the platform so that she could like write this movie. Like She really didn't have any... like interest in the platform she was sort of being disingenuous about the platform and about you know sort of who brought it from the ground up um which i think is really interesting right because um despite sort of its lurid nature and sort of you know the 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 hate that a lot of like pornographic and, and sex work content gets um like porn literally paves the way for new technologies like more often than not like, the reason the VHS beat out Betamax is because the porn studios, like, fucking invested in uh, VHS instead of Betamax. Like, the biggest pioneer right now of virtual reality content is the porn industry. They move more units of, of Oculus than any fucking game has. Um, I mean, I'd say they probably move more units of all VR systems more than any game has, with the exception of maybe 
um, the new Valve Index and, and you know, Half-Life Alex, but, like, the, the porn industry is the front runners for a lot of technological advancements, and, you know, they... It, it, it's kind of like a, a known thing, but it's not really like a, a respected or like a or like a something that's put forth into sort of the general consciousness of people that like they're sort of the forerunners of a lot of technology and sort of decide which technology becomes popular and which doesn't. Um, and not saying that there's some great arbiters of like, you know, they control the technological advancements of the fields, but a lot because there's so much of that content and because they control so many distribution channels you know they can kill an entire format because they're like nope we're only going to make it on vhs not betamax right so so i think it's almost a little um i think it's really interesting when we think about something like OnlyFans, sort of revolutionizing a a somewhat stagnant market um where it had become basically the only way to get sort of content was uh, Patreon. Um, that was sort of, it had sort of an iron grip on the, I create a static amount of content per month um, and you pay for the ability to see that early or interact with me or different perks or whatever per month. Or there's even some Patreons that used to work on like, you know, like a YouTuber would have a Patreon and they'd be like, every time I put out a YouTube video, it's $5. So it's basically like a, like a one-to-one -one corollary where, Instead of, you know, you paying a certain value every month and maybe you get five videos a month, maybe you only get one video a month because I was lazy this month. It's like if I put out five videos a month, it's 25 bucks for that month. If I put out one video, it's five bucks. Right. So it was much more like a cost like investment opportunity where you feel like you're purchasing something every single time versus just another subscription service. But really, they sort of were the only players in town that really anyone utilized. And here comes OnlyFans, again, pioneered by sex workers, pioneered by, you know, this adult entertainment industry. And now you even have, like, um, oh, I wish I remembered who it was. There's someone who was, like, bragging about, like, basically starting a book club and, like, charging $50 a month to be in this, like, OnlyFans book club. And they were bragging about the fact that they were able to generate so much revenue and not actually have any, you know, not safe for work content on there. Um, additionally, like, uh, there is, um, you know, various people on the platform now, uh, who don't necessarily do not safe for work content. Um, I know, uh, for instance, like Idub's girlfriend, um, people were up in arms about the fact that he was supportive of his girlfriend having an OnlyFans. It turns out she doesn't even fucking do any, any nude content. It's, it's you're basically paying for her Instagram, right? Um, which, again, obviously, that's sort of a, um, a a downplaying of the amount of effort that goes into some of this content. Obviously, depending on, you know, how you've curated your Instagram or how you've curated your OnlyFans, you know, there's going to be uh, a difference in terms of, um, you know, having uh, curation in one or the other or both. Um, so it's not it's not necessarily an effort thing, but just from a what could be posted on Instagram in terms of, um, you know, uh, showing skin or, or sexuality or anything like that. Like that, you know, there's a lot of content creators right now on OnlyFans who are using OnlyFans as a sort of like Instagram, like Instagram, like halfway in, in between, like actually showing nudity and actually adult content on Instagram. 
Um, so it's an interesting space to be in. Um, and that's kind of only half of what I wanted to talk about was just kind of, you know, I do think that, you know, someone like Bella Thorne doing this um, and it seeming more and more like a publicity stunt um, for a potential movie rather than any sort of inherent interest in being part of the platform and, and sort of uplifting creators on the platform that um, are making a living and making a livelihood on this type of sex work. I think what's even uh, a sort of more deeply rooted is the is the sort of whenever there's a large platform that takes off now in social media um, or in really anything internet based right or any sort of new media we see this sort of mass migration well we see like a period of like two different things we see a period of like initial scorn and rejection of the platform uh, and then we see like this migration of people trying to diversify uh, where they can find income, right? So you've seen it with, you know, um, honestly, you saw it with like YouTube creators moving to Facebook when Facebook was like blatantly lying about their metrics and like fucked over places like college humor. Um, but that was really more like they were trying to follow money. I think really the first sort of like, big one that I can remember was honestly a little more forced uh, and it's when uh, it's, you had the Vine invasion of YouTube which was where Vine was shutting down and all of these people had a predetermined install base because they uh, came off of Vine, right? And they all migrated to Vine or to YouTube pretty much at the same time and they were able to transition um, you know, those users uh, a lot more quickly uh, we're able to gain a lot of re very, very rapid popularity on YouTube. Um, there's actually a YouTuber named Jarvis Johnson who uh, did a really interesting video talking about how basically because, um, you know, YouTube and Google have such a deep uh, algorithm and such a deep data collection and AI and machine learning uh, built into YouTube that one of the reasons they were able to uh, identify and, and sort of launch people like the Paul brothers so quickly from Vine was because they knew so much about the type of user who clicked on a on a Logan Paul video that they were like immediately like I know 10 million other people who want to see this and sent it to everybody whereas you know someone like me if I upload a video that there might only be three points of data to tell them that these 12 people want to watch a video want to would want to watch my video right but they had so many points of data and so many points of reference that they were able to distribute it very quickly and that one's a little more forced, you know, because obviously Vine shut down. So it was like, we have to find a new platform. Uh, but then we saw a bunch of YouTubers when Ninja and everybody were blowing up on Twitch. And even now, as Twi as, as YouTube starts to crack down more on, on ad revenue, starts to crack down more on uh, what you can and can't say and being family friendly and just being advertiser friendly and all this other stuff. We're seeing more and more of these YouTube creators also try to make the jump over to Twitch, right? David Dobrik just did like his first Twitch stream. You know, um, there were a lot of uh, um, people. Like Logan Paul did like two Twitch streams and then like jumped off the platform. Like it was this big deal. Oh, you know, Logan Paul got like two million Twitch followers like before he even fucking streamed, right? Like. Lots of these different content creators were like, oh, it's easy money over there because they were seeing names like Ninja or Neth or Tifu or Shroud and making so much money. And they're like, oh, well, sweet. I'll just take my fan base over there 
I already have a pre-installed fan base, and I'll just grow from the other users on this platform who may not know who I am. Which is like a okay-ish business decision in terms of like always not having your eggs in one basket. Um, but it's it's so strange when I think about different content creators on different platforms, and I think of like your main platform, and then I think about diversifying because some of it feels so organic and some of it feels so forced. It's like when you like now we have like Jimmy Fallon on TikTok, right? Or even like Jimmy Fallon on fucking YouTube, right? You have like all these late night hosts on YouTube that are getting like all of this, um, you know, uh, all always in recommended, always in trending. All these people are watching them. Um, and then uh, that's because YouTube is propping up that content because it's the type of content that YouTube wants on the platform, right? It's, it's very clear that YouTube wants stuff that's very advertiser friendly, that advertisers understand. They might not necessarily want something that's uh, particularly edgy or they might not want something that um, they want to take a risk on. They, these are known variables. These are known quantities. They're making consistent revenue for them. Why change it? And so you can kind of see, you know, different, you know, upstarts and different ways in which, you know, that sort of content thrives on one platform but dies on another, right? You know, again, with the late night issue, you have, you know, these late night hosts going over to TikTok and a lot of that shit's like just totally flopping, right? No one wants to watch that. It's like super cringe or whatever. And like, um, you also have, uh, you know, people from TikTok now maybe trying to start like YouTube or like trying to get on like Instagram to do real or whatever the fuck it's called on Instagram. Like you, you see these different, you know, people who blow up on different social media apps trying to like get over onto another app. And again, there's this like forced versus like organic nature, right? Where you see someone like um, another good example of like a Vine to YouTube transitions, Drew Gooden, right? Uh, he transitioned from Vine. He sort of made videos um, for a while and then like popped into the algorithm eventually blew up, right? And like, I think he's a really great commentator. I think he's a really great analyst. He has really great videos on YouTube-based subjects and on subjects outside of YouTube. And like, that sort of thing feels okay. But when you have, even more so, when you have like, actually people that are already famous trying to get into the mix, when you have a famous actor trying to stream on Twitch, um, and it's like not Jack Black, right? Jack Black seems to be the the anomaly in my opinion where he understands the memes he understands the culture he also has a kid who's like super inundated in the memes and culture so it feels organic right but like if brad pitt put on a fucking you know webcam and was like hey i'm streaming to twitch i'm playing call of duty like it would just feel so wrong it feels like like an unnecessary like cash grab on something that they find super popular that they know because they already have this sort of stardom that they can just just cash out, um, you know, at the bank. And so I think we see, you know, a lot of right now, especially with um, social media influencers, we see people who maybe don't necessarily have the, uh, I don't know that I want to say like purest of intentions, but they don't necessarily respect where the platform is coming from or like the other people on the platform and are just like throwing up an OnlyFans, throwing up 35 pictures of themselves in bikinis or whatever, charging $35 a month and calling it a day and raking in, you know, $50,000. And like, 
they're able to do that because there's a subset of people who they know are going to purchase this content, right? Like the people who are creating these OnlyFans accounts who already have, you know, some presence online know that there's a certain section of, if not their fan base, just people who are aware of them that have, you know, uh, either commented and said they wanted this content before or they just have an understanding that they're in a position where they're at the intersection of attractiveness and and stardom to where they can be relatively certain that if they were to, you know, take off their shirt and take a picture of their tits, they'd get a good response, right? They, and, you know, put it on sale for fucking 10 bucks, they'd get a good response. So, like, they don't even have to go that far. They can just set up a a presence on a website now that infers the fact that there's going to be some form of of nudity or infers the fact that there's going to be some form of not safe for work content and just fucking laugh all the way to the bank and then if there ever is any blowback if there's ever any whatever like to me it almost feels like they can just dip they don't they don't care about the platform right they have established fan bases everywhere else they can just milk this for a couple of months make you know, tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. And then when people start saying like, why am I paying $35 a month for fucking, you know, basically slightly higher grade Instagram pics. There's no nudity on here. There's nothing that I couldn't in theory get elsewhere. Right. And then they stop subscribing to the, the platform. Then these creators have the ability to just like dip. Right. You know, we saw it with, you know, a perfect example. We saw it with Logan Paul and Twitch. Right. His fucking shit wasn't really getting the views that he wanted or getting what, you know, he needed. He moves back into YouTube, right? Now doing a podcast and stuff on YouTube. So it's it's like I I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like it's really it's shitty and it's disingenuous and I know, you know, I can't make a snap judgment on every single content creator who's moving platforms, you know, whether or not they're being organic, they're being you know, shitty and just, you know, trying to follow the money. And even if they were just trying to follow the money, right, because they've reached a certain level of stardom, you know, it is a business and it is something that, you know, their livelihood is based on. So, like, it's a smart business decision to do it as well. It's just when it when it goes against, like, the, the, the nature of, like, I guess what I feel is, like, the heart and soul of a particular platform – when it feels like it's just about the money is when it is when it frustrates me, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that in terms of like being frustrated by what seems to be an obvious cash grab, no matter what it is. Um, but in particular, it, it feels almost like a betrayal of the audiences of these platforms to where, you know, as, as someone who consumes media on a variety of different social media platforms, it's like, I have my people that I watch on certain platforms uh, and sometimes I'll follow them to other platforms. Like sometimes I'll watch, you know, a YouTuber's Twitch stream if I'm, you know, uh, on Twitch and in the mood. But like really those connections feel so much different when it's like I know you as a YouTuber. And now I'm watching you on Twitch. It just feels a little different. And, you know, there are some people that I watch both regularly and it doesn't feel that way. But it feels like a, like I said, like almost a betrayal of the user bases on these platforms when you just like try to, you know, almost like transdimensionally, like just port your entire audience and your entire being and just like everything about yourself onto a new social media platform. 
as as like an eyeball grab, right? As like a cash grab. It just it seems so. I don't know, just disingenuous, and I and I don't like it. And and maybe it's me just projecting onto the the biggest examples that I can think of this, right? But like, you know, I. I don't know. It's all. It's like. It's like the. Uh, there's a diminishing returns. It's a zero sum game of, of people's like attention span and watch time and and money and investment, right? So when someone like Bella Thorne hops on a platform and and makes two million dollars in a fucking in a single day, it makes me wonder how many like how many people just signed up for her. Probably a lot, right? To say that you know she's taking $2 million away from all these other content creators probably isn't accurate because you have all these people who only signed up for her, right? And who only want to see her content. That's fine. But I guarantee you there is a sub base of people who bought her stuff who, you know, are on OnlyFans already who maybe have a group of content creators on there that they're following and that they pay for regularly and maybe they have a you know a certain level of investment in that person and they lessened that investment because this other person showed up on the platform now there's no implicit contract that states you know everybody who ever subs to you has to give x amount of dollars every single month for the rest of their lives or that they uh, people's opinions or tastes can't change but like when it's something that so clearly seems like it's not a genuine effort to launch on the platform and 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 be a part of the platform um it just really fucking rubs me the wrong way that you're taking potential like money and benefits and all kinds of other things from uh people who need it on the platform i would think the same thing if you know my my you know one of my favorite you know actors or whatever right like just like dropped into twitch and or like a favorite musician, right? Because like music people are doing this a lot right now. The seventh most subscribed channel on YouTube or on uh, on Twitch is Ronnie Radke, fucking singer for Falling in Reverse and you know Old Escape the Fate, like straight up musician turned into Twitch. But like he's been on the Twitch grind for a very long time. He understands the culture, much like Jack Black on YouTube, understands like the platform he's built a huge gaming rig like he he plays games on his stream sometimes as well as like does musical stuff and so like that feels again it feels organic but like you know if um my brain is like taking a dump of trying to think of like another uh uh musician that i really like oh this is the only one i can think of and i do really like uh weezer but like if rivers cuomo from weezer was like i'm gonna start playing fucking Fortnite on stream and like you know it's like i'm checking it out like of course i'm gonna check that out because it's weird it's like why the fuck is the front man for weezer fucking playing Fortnite? like this is weird like i'm gonna look at that and you know that's my time and attention away from you know if it doesn't exist someone who's on the platform who's you know maybe trying to make a name for themselves maybe isn't trying to or maybe it's trying to, you know, get viewers and subscribers. And, and maybe it's because I exist in a lot of these social media platforms and I'm not famous that I feel this way. So it's like I, I, I think about it and project it back onto myself. I internalize all that and think like, well, these if these big people weren't here, maybe people would be looking at me. 
And while I do naturally kind of do believe that to an extent that there is a there is a low threshold of like if everyone above you fell off the face of the planet tomorrow in terms of like content creators and you were just suddenly the biggest content creator on a platform like there's enough residual people there that you would just become popular it's not like if every popular person on a platform disappeared overnight that every user would quit right now maybe a majority of the users would quit but like all of those other users would eventually fall into other you know different content creators is you know buckets right and so, again, maybe it's the fact that I sort of project that onto myself as a smaller content creator. But, you know, it's like, unless you're just super invested in wanting to do it, like, unless it's really just something that you're passionate about and you're not just doing it on, like, a lark, then just, like, it, it, it seems, like, kind of almost elitist, but I just wish you wouldn't. Or if you did, I wish that you wouldn't, like, you know use your contacts to get in touch with Twitch so that you're automatically partnered and have subscribe buttons and all this shit. Like, I wish you to just, you know, come onto the stream and, like, you know, get, you know, like, like if, like, if there was, like, a popular stream, if there was a popular actor who wanted to come on stream an hour every day and just, like, fuck around and talk, no subscriptions, no donos, I'm just here to talk, and then, like, at the end of their stream, they're like, all right, cool. So, like, I know, like, there's this thing called raiding, and so, like, we're going to raid, like, a random person every day, and, like, they just, like, sent all of their fans into people and, like, really paid back into the community of the platform. Like, that would be awesome. And then, right, if they did that for, you know, a while, then it's, like, then no one cares if you're on the platform and you're also making money, even though you have, you know, a billion dollars because you're Robert Downey Jr. and you have, you know, a billion dollars in Iron Man money, right? Like, it's like, you know, time in, time out, right? It's how much time have you invested in is, is, is how much you can, you know, get out of it. But, like, I don't know. It's this weird, again, it's this weird intersection where, like, you know, movie stars aren't movie stars anymore because they're also on social media. And social media stars are more popular than some movie stars. And it's just, like, this weird place where, like, stardom and popularity and, like, just relative understanding of, like, the world is just in this uncanny valley almost between you know you got 16 year old kids making millions of dollars playing a, playing Fortnite, and you've got you know 15 year old kids on tiktok with 60 million followers and it's just it's this weird place right now where just it's almost like anyone can do it but there's so many people doing it that becoming that person is 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 fucking insane and so having more people just by virtue of things getting more popular is always going to happen. But then adding the extra weight of one of those people is also Will Smith. Like it just detracts to me. It detracts from the platform as a whole. Um, but I think that's enough ranting about like social media and fame and fucking, you know, my thoughts on it for the day. I think that that's really all I wanted to talk about. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Um, because I have to be up in five hours. Um, so, uh, I appreciate if you've made it this far, uh, I very much appreciate your listen. Uh, it means the world to me that you would listen to the podcast. It really does. Um, you know, even though I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing this, um, uh, mostly just as a way to sort of stay a little creative and, and just sort of talk about 
you know, things that interest me and just get it out into the world. Uh, you know, the people that are willing to listen to this, um, yeah, it just means the world to me. I thank you guys so, so much. Um, if you did like what you hear and you're new and you, uh, this is your first podcast, uh, well, you can hit that handy subscribe button on any of the podcast platforms that you might happen to be listening to this on. Uh, that way you're notified in your feed uh, next week or the week after whenever I put out the new um, episode. Additionally, you can go to Twitter uh, at T-S-O-M-O-V podcast uh, or Facebook and Instagram slash the sound of my own voice podcast. Follow us there. Uh, sometimes I update them and let you know when episodes are coming out. I should probably do that more often. Uh, but that's going to be it for me today, everyone. Uh, you have a wonderful rest of the week. I'll talk to you next time.